We've kind of combined both of the new here and, and next step centers together. So that is your one stop place for um, getting connected and, and getting uh, connected to the vision here at the family church. Um, real quick, we are just nearing uh, $9,000 for our Raise the Roof fundraiser. So big hand clap there. Thank you all for, for giving. Uh, for those of you that have accepted the challenge, so the challenge is uh, to give $20 20 times by April 2020. Yeah, that was planned. Um, so we want to make sure that it's easy to remember. So if you are in the midst of that challenge, thank you. It is not too late to get started. Uh, so you can give at the giving box or you can give at the next step center as well. We have designated envelopes for you to do that so we can allocate those funds to that. So we'll be looking forward to putting a new roof on this place and for sure raising the roof, right? Yeah, really, like literally raise the roof. So uh, this Wednesday, we have our second uh, we have our second team night. That's going to be this Wednesday, like I said, at 6.30. You're asking yourself, what is team night, Andrew? So team night is, a, is uh, for several different people. So if you serve in an area here at the church, whether it's first impressions or worship team or children's or security or uh, sure I'm forgetting... Uh, sound, media. We want to see you here. We do these about once a month, and this is a great time for us to come together and be encouraged, but we also break out halfway through the night, and you get to learn and get some uh, hands-on training and, and some new info and updates from your team lead. So if you serve, uh, and we want to see you here this Wednesday, this is also a great time for anybody who would like to serve. Um, I know it could be a little awkward showing up and not knowing your place, but we have people who are here ready to to talk with you and get you serving and doing what you're passionate about. So please come on out to that. Let somebody know uh, if, if you are in that boat. If you're, if you're new and you want to serve, we'll get you set up, okay? And as always, our giving, we give via the red box in the back, and we uh, just continue to appreciate those of you who are giving for Raise the Roof and then who give, uh, who give on top of that with your tithes and your, your regular giving. Can we pray this morning? Jesus, thank you for what you want to do in this space. I thank you for the hearts that are here. I thank you, God, that we are, none of us are here by chance, uh, that you destined design this Sunday to be uh, a truly powerful moment for those of, of us who are sitting in these seats. We thank you, God, for providing for the family church. We thank you that you are in this space, you are in this vision, and we continue to look to you as, as, uh, as we continue to follow you. Thank you for, for the message this morning. Pray for Pastor Adam that you give him strength this morning. I pray that he would have a clear voice. Um, and that his words uh, would be your words. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, it's good to see you all this morning. Just wanted to open up even uh, my time this morning with some prayer. I just got a text from uh, our, one of our bass players, Tim Doss. He had a heart attack Friday, and uh, so I just found out about it yesterday, and we put it through the prayer chain as best as we could. But he is on his way home in about an hour, but we want to lift him up. And I know um, I've just had a head cold, so that's nothing compared to what he's been through. But I know there's some illness and stuff moving through. So can we just go to our Heavenly Father and uh, just reach out to him for his healing touch this morning and lift up our friend Tim. Father God, we thank you for your word, God, and your life that has provided healing to us. And so God, I thank you that, that all of heaven is available to us. And God, you do not see us as beggars, God. You see us as your children. And so Father God, I thank you that you would extend your hand to Tim and others this week or this moment, God, that are, that are facing serious illnesses or recovering from them. God, I thank you that you would move in fullness through their body. God, I lift up even the colds like I'm dealing with this morning. 
God, and I thank you that you would uh, continue to use us in spite of our, our, uh, our, our health this morning, God. But I pray that you would move in power and healing in this space, God. I thank you for the miracles that you want to see happen in this body, in this city, and in the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it is uh, very good to be with you this morning, and uh, I'm excited that down in Texas this morning at Lakewood Church, which is Joel Osteen's church, do you know who the guest speaker is this morning? Kanye West. So that is amazing to me, and it shouldn't be amazing to me because God reaches he is reaching out to everybody, and, I, and I, there's nobody that has the market on that, and it's so easy for us to label who is unreachable. And so, um, and so I can remember, it's, it's been four or five years at least, but he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine with a crown of thorns on his head, probably the most blasphemous thing I've ever seen uh, as far as anti-Christian on a public magazine cover. And he basically saw himself as deserving the same attention or more as Jesus did to Christians. And, and, uh, and part of his testimony now, he said, I used to just want people to basically worship me. And he said, I see my purpose in life now as only to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so these stories come, and it's always with some frustration that I look around and I, and I, and I hear almost like there's snickering in the Christian community of like, oh yeah, <laughs> like he just wants another audience. And, and we've seen this. We've seen people uh, try to either jump market or whatever else, or, or they, they have a, um, a salvation experience, and then, and then you don't know where it's going to go. And, 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 and we don't know. All I, would in, all I would say is encourage you to pray for him right? And so he already has a platform. And so could you imagine being a new Christian and having his platform and, and having the world watch you try to like start to grow out your faith and all the, maybe the mistakes you're going to make and stuff. And so I say that because we are in a series called Hero. And, and the zero instead of the O is because so many times, most of the time, if I think even all the time when God calls and moves in people's lives that we feel incredibly unqualified. And so you look at somebody uh, like that, and, you, and, and so many people, even in the Christian community, which is sad, would say, I don't know, I don't know that he's qualified to just run around with the Jesus banner at this point. And, and people are like hanging on to their pulpits saying, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And so just like uh, my toddler grandson who flew home Saturday or Friday, everybody say, oh, we actually got sleep that night. So it was a uh, mixed, uh, mixed there. But um, just like this little guy is running around and we bought him a kitchen that came with pots and pans. And you know what kids do with pots and pans? Oh, so here's this little guy. He's running. He's figuring things out. He's trying to say new words. And, and we're all excited, and we're cheering on everything, and, and you're running to him in the moment that, you know, that things go wrong, and, and, and you're trying to just move this little guy along. And that's how we should be when, when people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is that we have to be patient with people and to be excited about every breakthrough that we have. And so if, if I'm cheering, you know, my grandson saying, you know, my name, which he says more than anybody else's, and, and uh, 
did I say? Did, yeah. And, uh, or, you know, or the new words he's learning and things like that. And, and it's like, can we celebrate when somebody comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And, and can we be patient with them as they would grow in those early stages? And, and especially with somebody with a platform, we've got to pray for them because they need, they need, uh, they need help. And, and we got to pray for the people that, uh, that can come around him and, and give him the, the, uh, the, the discipleship that, that, that he needs. But I'm so excited about that. So this series is about God using the unqualified. And so we looked at different things that, that disqualify us as people or that we feel would disqualify us for a job. And if we're being honest, what we would look at a the other people around us, and we would think this disqualifies them from a job. If I am looking for someone to fill a position, I'm usually looking for, like, experience, you know? If someone's going to be uh, on staff at, at this church, then, then I'm looking for somebody who has um, preferably been a Christian for a while. I mean, these are like my built-in hopes, right? Sometimes God can can do things a little bit differently. How about past failures? Uh, sometimes this can, and it should, disqualify people. If there's a, a moral um, uh, mistake made in ministry, sometimes somebody, uh, they should, they should uh, take a break and get some, get some coaching, walk through repentance and rebuilding of their lives. Um, but they're not permanently relegated to the bench from there on in their life. I, I don't ever believe that. I believe that every person can come back to Jesus and, and repent for their sins, and then God reinserts them back into his story. I absolutely believe that. Now, there are consequences from our sin, and it might change the role you can do after that point. We can't let people that have done certain things be downstairs with our kids. We just can't. You're right. You, so there are some things that, that set up disqualifications maybe for different things, but you you're never kept off the team in God's family. And, and I love that. And so we talked about uh, past failures, and we looked at Samson. We talked about people who are afraid of things and just afraid of getting into the game. We talked about um, Gideon. Last week, we talked about, uh, who did we talk about last week? David. I'm, this is, this is a head cold brain here, so bear with me. Uh, last week, we talked about David. And, and God said, I need a new king. And he went from all of the, all of the characters that, that showed up that would have had the qualifications that we, were, that we would be looking for. Even Samuel, the man of God, saw Jesse's firstborn son and said, surely this is your guy. This, this has got to be it. And then last week we learned that, that what qualifies us for God's work is not what the world is looking for. And he is looking for something else. He's looking for a heart that is after him. And so he took a, a youth, a, a young teenager, I believe, and had him anointed with oil and said, you're the next king. What about somebody who's an outsider? I have seen stories where people have come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they have been away from God either a long time or are brand new to Christianity and God immediately just fires them up with something to do. And, and so often uh, radical testimonies lead people to just immediate ministry. Is it messy? Yes. Is it real? Yes. And so that's what we're talking about today. And then next week, we're going to talk about just God using the ordinary. We're going to talk about Mary next week as we kick off. And, and then we switch gears the following week into our Christmas series. Are we really there? Jen's so excited. The tree's up, right? Okay, okay, there's some sanity. I almost did it before the baby left and then the head cold left because we had to, anyways. 
Be patient. It's coming, but I'm so excited. 26 people coming for Thanksgiving dinner, and then it is just on for Christmas. And uh, so much fun. And all the Christmas stuff that's on Disney Plus, like what a good week to be sick. I have been soaked. Like, I'm just <laughs> jazzed. It's like, oh my gosh. Anyways, get me in trouble. God is still looking for heroes. And, and he moves through and he taps us on the shoulder. And so often we say these things like, God, I, I don't have the courage for that. God, I don't have the experience for that. God, I'm too ordinary. God, I'm too young. God, my past failures disqualify me. And he is still moving through and he says, it's you. It's you. It's you. I need you for this part of my story and you're up. And, and so we've got to figure out how to go from zero to hero when we feel like an outsider. I'm going to talk about one of the greatest uh, transformations in the Bible, and that is the story of Paul's conversion. And so if you're new to the faith, if, you're, if you've been away from, from the church since maybe Sunday school, uh, the Apostle Paul is known for writing most of the New Testament and, and being a, a significant reason for uh, peace that God used to grow the church from its infancy to a basically a, a regional uh, force. And so he was big on missions, big on writing and, and encouraging the church. And, and so many of our, our doctrines, what we believe as, as core Christianity come from books like Hebrews and and whether or not you believe he wrote it or not side point Romans he definitely did and Romans is like you can build a church off the book of Romans and and you can build a faith off of just that one book and so where did Paul come from well Paul hated the church hated the church because he thought in his mind, that it was an enemy to what God was really doing. And so many times we end up on the wrong side of, 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 of what God is doing because it doesn't fit our understanding. And so we have to be careful. I think we should weigh everything that comes under the banner of Christianity and like, is, that, is God really with that or whatever else? But he got on the wrong side of this. He saw the church as an absolute threat to, to the Jewish uh, holistic belief in God and, and just saw that Jesus was a, was a complete distraction and, and not one with God, but a complete, um, a complete distraction from God. And so he set about to destroy the church by one at a time getting people um, either punished physically or jail or both and so he would roust out different places. He would bust up meetings. He would report them to the local authorities. He was a man on a mission to destroy the church. You could not be any more of an outsider to the early Christian church as Paul. A lot of people were just listening and, oh, that's good stuff. And, you know, just like channels, stations on the radio, just, okay, he's a pretty good teacher. Paul took everything that Jesus had said and done as offensive to what he believed is what God had uh, planned for the world. And so he set himself on a mission to destroy it. And it says that he was on the road to Damascus. It says that he was, he was cruising down with his crew, and, and, and it says that God broke through. It says that he was blinded, and then he heard God's voice, and it says Saul. He had a name change here. That's another, we'll save that for another day. He was Saul. And it says, Saul, Saul, why? Are you persecuting me? Now, friends, I hope that I never hear those words from heaven. I hope that I'm always on the right track because that would be a bad moment for me because 
Just like Paul, I have really tried to hear what God wants and, and to follow. And, and Paul had done the same, and then all of a sudden, he is called out for being on the wrong side of this. And he said, this is my movement. This is, this is what I'm doing, and I have something new for you to do. And so, how do we go from zero to hero as an outsider? It says that his, he had things like scales over his eyes. Somebody say, ew. Yeah, say it louder. It's really gross. Somebody say, ew. Okay, thank you. And so he had things like scales that had covered up his eyes. He had instructions from God to go to the next city and to find a man named Ananias. If I get names wrong today, please don't hold it against me. Um, And it says, you need to go see him and he'll pray for you. Well, everybody knew who Paul was. And Ananias said, I don't think I should go see Paul because Pretty much he's trying to find out if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, and then he's pretty much making sure you go get beat up or put in jail or both. And God says, no, I need, I need you to go talk to Paul. It says that Ananias laid hands on him and said the scales fell off. How do we go from zero to hero? Number one is don't wait. Don't wait. Passion is contagious. So uh, in Acts chapter 9, I basically paraphrased all of the conversion part, but if you want to hang out with me in Acts, we'll have a few verses from there today. Acts chapter 9, verse 20, it says this. It says, and immediately, how, how soon? Yeah. He began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is indeed the Son of of God. Passion is contagious. And I can, from, from my um, just perspective as, as uh, being in ministry for a long time, new Christians are more open about their faith and they invite more people to church than people who have been Christians for 20 years. If you've been around the church at all, you know that is true. Why? This, this should be the opposite. As we grow in our faith, as I see God move and change the, the pieces of my life, I should be more excited about what God is doing and, and be, have more lanes of, of more experiences to share God's love with people and what he's done in my life. And yet you get somebody who has just come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they are just like, wah! They don't know anything. They have this experience, and they want to tell people about it. My encouragement to you today is don't wait. I am glad that Kanye West is already in prisons having Sunday services and telling his story and, and, and leading people to Jesus. It, is everything he's going to say going to sound right to me? No, I might even wince on you know how people are understanding God and, oh man, his theology, he might ought to get to Bible school before he starts teaching groups of people about, no, no, no. We let the Holy Spirit do work with that, and, and, and hopefully uh, you'll, we'll get to the, the next point. We do need people to walk alongside us and hold us accountable and, and disciple us so that we are growing um, correctly. But don't wait. The first part, if you feel like you are an outsider coming into this world, this church world, I would tell you to not wait. Are we going to let you preach next Sunday? No. Um, 
but I'd sure love to hear your testimony, and somebody should hear it. Do you see what I'm saying? I, there, there's, there's ways to immediately be used, and, and we want this to be a place because serving and using and walking in your testimony is how we grow. And just as I'm chasing my, my grandson, and he is growing, if we just restricted him from trying to do anything, he'd be stuck. And so many times, Christians uh, at churches, we, we relegate somebody to the bench and we say, you're just not ready yet. And I would rather have things a little bit bumpy, a little bit sloppy, and, and it's like, Pastor Adam, do you know so-and-so still struggles with this? Yeah, I, 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 I'm walking with them, and, and, and it's, we're, we're working on that. Um, and, and so these are things that you're, you're going to get messy doing it this way, but that is how people come to grow in their walk in Jesus Christ. Number one is don't wait. Passion is contagious. It says in verse 21 that all who heard him were amazed. When you come right out of the fire and that conversion experience or something has just clicked and you begin to walk in it, the people that are closest to you, they are seeing the difference inside of you. And you will have some of the biggest impact right then and there. And so it is so important to not wait. Number two, don't go rogue. Here's a temptation of when you are all excited about something and then you're around people that are maybe a little less excited and then you're like, oh, these people. I, no, 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 I, I, I got stuff to do. They're just wanting to hold me back. Uh, no, we, we can do this. Simmer down. Now, if some place is just highly restrictive and that's not the culture that we want here, but you are not supposed to go through the Christian walk by yourself. And can I tell you that Sunday morning is just the beginning of community. It's just the beginning. Until you are seeing people from this fellowship in between Sundays, you are really just knocking on the door of community. You're not walking in it, okay? And that is where the effectiveness will really start to increase in your walk with the Lord, in your effectiveness and what he has for you to do. Not only that, but it'll benefit you personally because then you will feel like you're not living life alone. So instead of just seeing friendly faces on Sunday, then you begin to actually have relationships with people. And how do relationships form? Immediately? No, we have to invest. And so I would encourage you that if God has led you to this church, you get here as many Sundays as you possibly can. Do I get an extra bonus for that? Nope. You will have a better walk with Jesus because of it. You will feel more effective. You will feel uh, stronger. And your witness will be more effective. And, and everything gets a better chance to grow in your life. So if God has planted you here, lock in. Don't go rogue. Community accountability and teachability keep you and those you are sharing with safe. So just as I can't turn, you know, the toddler can't be left in the room by himself. No, no, no. I had to blockade my, my, my thing that holds all of my movies because he kept wanting to pull out all my Blu-rays and go, woo! No, no, no. We do not touch the Star Wars Blu-rays, Liam. There are priorities in this house, and you are loved, but there's limits. 
So there's restrictions. There's, there's safety things on the doorknob so that he can't get out. There's safety things on the stove knob so he can't blow us up. Uh, these are things that happen when you're in community with people that love you and want you to grow safely, right? And so when we are in community that has accountability and, te- and if you stay teachable, then you will keep yourself safe and the people that you are reaching. I want you to be, I mean, to just broadcast your faith everywhere, but your walk with other people and in a church with good teaching, which we work really hard to do, then you are, you're sending out a clear message and you're sending out the, the gospel truth. And, and, and it's not just Adam's version or, or your version. You're, you're rubbing shoulders and, and the Bible says iron sharpens iron that, that we would come away with a clear message and, and, a, and a true message to the people around us. And you are gonna, you're not going to be healthy if you're outside of that community. So number one was don't wait. Number two is don't go rogue. Verse as, uh, 26 and 28, or 26 through 28 says this. It says, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. Imagine that. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. We'll stop right there just for a second. Do you think Paul was frustrated in that moment? Absolutely. I think for this to be in here means that like he was trying to meet with believers. I don't think this was like a, uh, a one and done of like, can, uh, you know, can I make an appointment with, with you, John? Uh, no, I don't want you to kill me. And then like, I think this was like he was trying to meet with believers. His reputation preceded him. He was an outsider and he was, I believe, repeatedly being blocked because people were thinking they were using wisdom, like, no, we're not going to just let you into church so you can identify everybody and then put us all in jail. What level of temptation do you, what, you think there was there at that point for him to just go rogue? He had a story. This guy was already educated in the, in the Jewish faith, so he could have been like, I've got enough right now. God has given me a mission. These jokers don't know what's happened to me. I've got stuff to do. I'm out of here. I believe it was real. I can't, I can't make something there appear that isn't there, but we have that temptation that if we don't immediately feel like we fit in somewhere, then the temptation is to, is to stay on our own. So keep going here. Verse 27, then Barnabas, good old Barnabas, brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, boldly preaching in the name of the Lord. Stayed with the apostles. Stayed with the apostles. I love that he got to tell his story first to the church. And I think that's okay. I think before somebody's turned loose, like, what's, what's God done in your heart? What have you seen? And then all it took was hearing it and being like, oh, that's the Lord. Oh, yeah, you, you, got, you got zapped. 
And then thank goodness for Barnabas. Thank, thank goodness for somebody who said, you know what, God's done something. This, this person has had a real encounter. We need to figure out how to get him involved. And it says that he stayed with the apostles, and then he preached with them. That is part of my story, is that God has, I've had a passion for, for teaching um, about Jesus and, and seeing people's lives changed, but can I tell you that I have never wanted to do this job out of accountability, out of community, out of uh, any mentoring roles that are in my life. I believe that you are so susceptible for, for trouble if you set out to minister as an island unto yourself. And I've seen that with different people that have amazing gifts, and they never quite let other people speak into their lives. They're never quite accountable uh, to other people. They don't really sharpen iron with other pastors. If you... There is no way I would be a pastor without having people speak into my life and then people that I'm running with that are also other pastors. Um, it's, it's, it's too easy of a trap for me to just say, oh, I've got this message, I've got this story, God's given me the goods, I'm just going to pour into people because I am God's gift to this planet, and that is all he needs for me is to give out because I have arrived dangerous. You are all safer if like next Thursday morning I'm going to meet alongside, well, it's breakfast, so that's always nice, but I meet every few weeks with a few other church planner uh, friends, and man, we just talk about what's going on and things come up, and then I just had uh, lunch with a, with a pastor who's getting ready to retire. I've got Pastor Scott here, and I am constantly making sure that somebody is, is speaking into my life. And there are people close enough to me that believe me if they hear me say something stupid, not just stupid about Star Wars, but like something stupid, like wrong, like something a little goofy about God, they're going to pull me aside and say, Adam, that, that didn't come across quite right. Do you see the safety in that, the safety that's in community? Number one, don't wait. Number two, don't go rogue. Paul balanced the tension of passion and accountability like nobody else like nobody else. And he was willing to use young people. Part of his story is using guys like, like Titus and Timothy, young guys and setting them over churches. He would build a church and then turn it over to a guy who's 20 years old. You crazy? No, that's what God does. But there was accountability and Paul kept speaking into his life. Number three, don't stop telling your story. Don't stop telling your your story. I think there's a, a trap there that, that as soon as you, you come across that, um, that opening season of being a believer and, and you've, you've already babbled everybody close to you like, God is doing this and, and I'm going to this church and, and God has done this in my life and I'm seeing breakthroughs here. And then the supernatural becomes natural or you just become kind of numb to the process and you become just another going through the motions of, of church, and I'm, 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 I'm writing a check here, I'm showing up on Sundays, and, and yeah, I'm serving a little bit here and there, I'm holding the door open on Sundays, I'm, I'm holding babies down in the nursery, and, and these kind of things, but God wants you to use your story, what he's done in your life, and that story that still was exciting about how you came to him is still just as relevant today. 
And so what might seem old news to you is still a blessing to somebody who needs to hear it. And then if you've come in from the outside or it's been a long time, we've got people here that are from all different church backgrounds, Catholic, Baptist, no names, uh, Methodist, who knows, who cares? But if you've walked in here and you're like, I don't know that this is a little different than how I went to church as a kid, and, and, and you're feeling like an outsider, let God use you in, in your place right now. And, and as, you, as you walk your, your experience out with this, then God doesn't want you to stop sharing your story. It's yours. In verse 22, or chapter 22, verse 6, I love it. So jump ahead a little bit. Or a lot of it. That's a word. Acts chapter 22, verse 6. It says, As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very, light, a very bright light from heaven shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Paul is telling his story again. Flip a few more pages over to 2613. Leave in verse 12. One day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me. I wonder how many times Paul said, as I was walking down the road. As I was walking down the road, a light fell down on me, and I encountered Jesus. We can become bored with our own story, but the story is still relevant and people need to hear it. Don't stop sharing your story. Because we are surrounded by people going through regular life, just like us, chasing babies, paying bills, fighting head colds, trying to figure out if they're, what their status is at their job. Is it, do I want to get a new place to work? What's going on? Uh, you know, dealing with their relationships. People are living life. You've had an encounter with Jesus Christ. It is relevant to the people around you how you came to trust Jesus Christ with your heart. Number one, Don't wait. I believe that God uses the passion of, of, the, of, the, of the new believer to an incredible degree. There's an, and even just inexperienced, there's nothing like taking young people on a mission trip. There's nothing like taking young people to, to spread the gospel because you, they haven't been in it long enough to say, eh, eh. Right? It's still exciting. It's still, it's, still, uh, it's still something new. Number one, don't wait. Number two, don't go rogue. Community is where you grow healthy. And community is how you stay strong. And then the overflow goes out into the people in your life. And you're able to be a blessing to them. Number three is don't stop telling your story. How do we go from zero to hero as an outsider? We're going to land here. Our qualification for ministry, we've got to hear this. We realize that sonship 
is all of the qualification we need to be a hero in God's story. What does that mean? That means that just being His enables you to be used by Him. And yes, as you grow in different things, you you might have different opportunities and maybe increase in opportunities. But as soon as you are His, you are able to be used by Him. And He can trust you with that because He sees you as His own. The Bible says that when we come to Him, that it's a, there's a spirit of adoption, that when we truly come to Jesus, it's like, it's like calling out Daddy for the first time. I wish I could have been in my daughter's living room last night because uh, they went home to California. Jaime has been deployed, my son-in-law, for a few months. He walked in the living room last night after being gone. I've been gone a few weeks at a time, and, and it's, it's wonderful to come home, and it's like, Daddy. The moment that we become His is the moment that He can use you. And so, friend, if you are feeling like an outsider, if you are feeling like you are just not quite able to serve, able to give, able to share, able to be used by God, it's not true. You have something to share. You have a story. You have an experience. And we want you to walk in community and we will help you grow in that. Can we pray this morning? With heads bowed in this room, so many in this room and, it, and, and it's why we built this it's why we started this church it was to reach people that that were far from God people that hadn't been in a church in a long time or hadn't been engaged or or maybe I uh, didn't know uh, Christianity at all and that's that's what's happened and so you could be sitting in this room and, and maybe you hadn't been to church since you were a kid going with your grandmother or or since you were um, baptized in, in, at a church or, or it was just some little part of your life. Maybe you went to Christmas Eve services uh, with your family. Maybe you'd been close to God, but you'd been away for a long time. And so you're sitting here this morning and you feel like you're just not able to be used by God yet. If that's you and you're ready to go from zero to hero, if you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to be used by you. Is that you this morning? Would you raise your hand? I'm not just going to sign you up for nursery duty. You are telling the you are telling the Lord. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. God sees those hands. If you are his, then you are available to be used. And we want to help you walk in that. That's part of why you're here in this community. Father God, we extend our hands to you this morning. God, we say that we would love for you to use us. God, we thank you for the story that each of us has. God, we thank you that that we have each had our our, our on-the-road experience like Saul. Maybe not as dramatic as, as his God, but I thank you that each of us have come to a place, God, where we saw that we can't do it without you, and then we accepted your love, and you accepted us, and you, you cleaned us up, and you washed us up, and you call us son and daughter, and immediately in that moment, 
you can use us. You can use our story. We can begin to serve and, and, and share the name of Jesus. We can love people in your name, God. God, I thank you that this belief of, of being an outsider, that we're unqualified, God, I speak against that lie this morning. If you call him father, he calls you son. And every one of his kids is eligible for duty, eligible to be used, eligible to be a hero in his story. If you're sitting here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, you've never trusted him for your future, if you're ready this morning to cross that line of faith, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. God sees those hands. He sees you. He welcomes you into his family. A simple prayer goes like this. Father God, I thank you for loving me. God, I thank you for forgiving me. God, I trust you to lead me. And I promise to love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we stand? We're going to close in worship. If you made a decision for Jesus this morning, if you're ready to be baptized, if you're new to the faith, the Bible teaches us to be baptized after that. Uh, we sign up for those things through Next Steps, which is in the uh, info area of the church. We're going to have some prayer teams up front this morning. If something's going on in your life, if you're sick, if somebody you know is sick, there's something going on at work, anything you want somebody to pray with you about, please come forward. These are amazing people that want to pray with you. Let's worship.
Jesus, we thank you that when we said yes to you, that we became a child. Right there in that moment, everything beyond, behind us, our past was gone, and we were nothing what everyone else said, nothing that we said, but just a child of God. And today, we rest in that. We thank you that we are who you say we are, and we are ready. We are ready to be whatever you have, God. Whatever you want to do in us, we're ready, Jesus. We thank you that it's not about our qualifications. It's about you and that you're ready to do stuff in us, so we're ready for you, God. Thank you, Jesus. May we have a great week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are new here, don't forget to go back. We want to welcome you. We have a gift for you. And if there's anything that the Lord's put on your heart, there's still people up here ready to pray for you. And if you want some information, there's a smiling face back there. Have a great week. It's been great seeing you. So